0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody. How we doing? (laughs) You braved that hard rain to get here tonight. Oh, I was worried about it. You know, I never take anything for granted. I really don't. My dad taught me never to do that always believe that God can do more than you could ever imagine. Uh, but, but, but don't ever be down when he doesn't do that. And so we just believe that God's going to be consistent with Christian Life Church. And you folks have showed up tonight, and it's an honor to see you tonight, and you're in the house. And what a joy, what a joy to welcome all of you. If you're a visitor tonight, we welcome you. I met some visitors at the door. By the way, we had 60 first-time guests here Sunday. And that's, that's the people... That let us know they were here. We probably had half that many that didn't tell us they was here because they are trying to sneak in and be like those spies into the land of Israel. (laughs) And then go back and tell everybody, hey, we found some good grapes over there or something, you know. (laughs) But what a joy to welcome you tonight. And if you're a first-time guest, second-time guest, we welcome you. I want to go ahead and announce that next Wednesday night, I'm going to have a prelude into the Easter season and I'm going to announce it already. It's something that I want to preach to this congregation. So please, I don't normally announce stuff that I'm going to talk about, but I have something for this church next Wednesday night that will be in, 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 in connect with what we're talking about here tonight. But I feel Easter, and I love this month. I really do. It's our, it's our, it's our super month. It's our, it's our Super Bowl month. And I know Easter Sundays are Super Bowl, but I am so happy to spend the whole month with you in the month of April Just celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a joy. That's a joy. I give honor to Royce and Kayla. I am so happy that they are in Austin, Texas. So happy that they have plugged in with us. And so happy that they are going to be a part of our leadership team. Now here in my pocket, there is a young man named Kevin Cortez who donated $50 to the men's night, and so if you are dead dog broke, and you don't have the money to, to go to the men's night, you have no excuse. I got five tickets here for five men who want you here, so I'm not going to ask you to stand, that didn't embarrass you, I'm going to ask you to come up to me after church and go like Nicodemus did to Jesus, hey, can I talk to you over here? And uh, we're, going, we're, going, we're going to give you some money to go get you a ticket. Darren Roberts is going to blow your mind. I promise that. We're going to have a great, great time with him. And it's going to be a glorious night. And I'm so pumped of what we're doing here, right here in the month of April. And it's going to kick off our month of April so beautifully with all of our men together. We're allowed to put our arms around one another and sing kumbaya or something. I don't know. (laughs) Would you stand all over the building? You're awesome people. And I love you very, very much. And We're going to take communion. I hope you have communion with you already. I hope you have that. We're going to be receiving that in just a little while. But I'm going to speak tonight, I'm going to speak tonight on four words. I'm going to call it simply nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. I'm going to talk about that tonight. And uh, the scripture reading is 1 John 1 and 7. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Now either the blood did it or the blood didn't do it. I'm going to bank on the fact that the blood did it all. He is our savior. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor tonight. And you may be seated. You that were gone this weekend, we missed you. Glad to have you home. Looking forward to a big day Sunday. The greatest evangelist of the 20th century without question was Billy Graham. The greatest evangelist of the 19th century, undoubtedly, was Dwight L. Moody, and both shared a common trait. They were criticized because of a a particular subject they preached about. When Dr. Graham was getting started, a professor from Cornell University wrote him a letter and said, Mr. Graham, you have a great talent. You have what it takes to be a successful minister, but if you want to continue to be successful, you're going to have to leave out the preaching on the blood. It's out of date, and no enlightened man of the 20th century will swallow it. When Dwight L. Moody started preaching, a woman wrote him a letter and said, Brother Moody, if you want to be effective, you're going to have to leave out that blood stuff. Dwight L. Moody, like Dr. Graham after him, said, I determined at that moment to preach more on the blood of Jesus Christ than ever before. (laughs) Hallelujah. A pastor I admired stated, he had an extremely liberal professor in college who said, I'm sick and tired of this slaughterhouse religion and we need to get it out of our pulpits and out of our churches as quickly as possible. Well, medically, when you take the blood out of the body, the body dies. Can I tell you, that's also true of the body of Christ. When you take the blood out of the body, the body dies. We're not only a people of the book, we're a people of the blood. And the Bible is not just a blessed book, it is a blood book. In fact, the word blood is found 415 times in the Word of God. It begins with blood in Genesis when Cain slew his brother Abel. It ends with blood in Revelation when the Lord Jesus returns wearing a robe dipped in blood in Revelation 19. A scarlet thread, folks, binds every page of this book. You cut this book and it bleeds. The reason... All the Bible can be summarized in part of one sentence. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And the only spiritual detergent that can remove the stain of sin from the human soul is the blood of Jesus Christ. And whether you're a Christian or not, I want you to understand why this is true. And I'm going to give you three little basic points. And I'm going to preach every one of them as hard as I can. They're simple points, but I'm gonna preach them. Number one, the blood comes from a supernatural person. Everybody say he's supernatural. It's a precious blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. This is not ordinary blood. It's no other blood like it. It is a pure, perfect, sinless blood of the Son of God. Luke said in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, therefore take heed to yourself and to all of the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Everything that God made, he created except the church. He purchased the church. The blood that was shed on the cross was the blood of God. Now this is crucial to understand because if it was God's blood, then it had to be innocent blood. Judas said of Jesus in Matthew 27, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Jesus Christ is the only person ever born truly, and totally innocent into this world. Every other person born is born with a sinful nature flowing through their veins, but not Jesus. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was innocent. Jesus was not guilty of one sin, nor was he guilty of one crime. Everybody say, no sin. No No crime. Now, it is possible for a person to be innocent of a crime, but guilty of a sin, such as. It's not a crime to gossip. (laughs) but it is a sin. (laughs) It's not a crime to commit fornication and adultery, but it is a sin. It's not a crime to rob God by not tithing, but it is a sin. And you can be guilty of one, but not guilty of the other. But Jesus was innocent on both charges. There was no crime in him. There was no sin in him. And when he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. See, Jesus never one time prayed this simple prayer, Father, forgive me, never did. The reason he never did anything, he had to be get forgiven for. Hebrews 4 said, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy to find grace to help in time of need. Paul wrote in Corinthians, the second, the second chapter, the second book of Corinthians, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, if Jesus had not been innocent, he could not take away my guilt because he would have had to deal with his own sin. He could die for my sins because he did not have to die for his own sins. Peter said, you were not redeemed, folks, with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Precious literally means valuable. Value of something is determined by several things. I was taught in economics 101 in college that one of the things that determines value is supply and demand. The supply is not as great as the demand, or the demand is greater or less than the supply. And the other is rarity. Park Avenue in New York City, there's a little shop that has some antiques and memorabilia in it. And on the wall in a frame is a letter by Mark Twain. It only had a few words written on it with his signature, but that letter was valued. The price on that letter was $45,000. Why? Because a letter by Mark Twain is rare. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only blood of its kind In the history of the entire world. Because only his blood was innocent blood. Incidentally, Jesus did not have to die. Jesus did not only have to die. He also had to shed his own blood. The fact of his death cannot be separated from the form of his death. Another liberal pastor stated. I love to quote these liberal pastors. Jesus could have fallen down a hill and broken his neck and accomplished the same thing he accomplished on the cross at Calvary. Well, if that's, if that's true, that's, that's, that's bad because that's total heresy. It's downright blasphemy. For the Bible said in Hebrews 9, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. I'm happy for the blood of Jesus. In fact, right now, I'm just going to say it. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. Yeah. Gold is the most precious of all metals in the world. And for years, a solution was salt that would dissolve this precious metal so it could be bought and sold. Finally, a solution of nitric acid And hydrochloric acid was concocted and put to the test of dissolving gold. And it was discovered that this one solution could dissolve gold from any ore. And this combination of acids came to be known as aqua regia or royal water. Because for years it was believed to be the only solution that could totally dissolve gold. Well, there's only one thing that will dissolve and remove the sin stain of the human heart. And the spiritual solution to sin pollution is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that's because it comes from a supernatural person. I'm so glad when he came, he was blameless. He was guileless. There was no sin in him. And his blood is still redeeming people even tonight. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands and rejoice to that right now. Not only is it a supernatural being, But the blood cleanses with supernatural power. 1 John 1 and 7 said the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us. Notice what this verse does not say. This verse does not say that the blood of Jesus has cleaned us or will cleanse us. It says it cleanses us. The verb in it is present tense. It says the blood of Jesus cleanses us and keeps on cleansing us. It cleanses us now, it cleanses us today, and it'll cleanse us tomorrow. Amen. Amen. So often after somebody finds the Lord, the first question they ask is, does this mean I'll never sin again? Or what happens when I do sin? Let me give you some bad news and then some good news. If you get saved today, there's a strong chance you're going to sin tomorrow. That's the bad news. Let me give you some good news now. If you get saved today and tomorrow you lose your temper, remember the blood of Jesus cleanses us. If you get saved today and you let a bad word slip out of your mouth tomorrow, remember the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Some of y'all ought to be on your feet right there for that one. If you get saved today and you think an impure thought tomorrow, remember the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. I will declare to you there is no shelf life on the blood of Jesus Christ. When you go buy groceries, it'll say used by a certain date. And the reason is because it loses its efficiency after a certain time. But the blood of Jesus Christ will never lose its power. No. There's no shelf life on that. Come on, somebody. There's no shelf life on that. It'll work tomorrow. It'll work next week. It'll work next month. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. It's as effective today as it was 2,000 years ago, washing away the depravity of sin. Hear this, pastor. Here's a caution. The only person who ever gets clean is the person who admits he's dirty. Now, I'm going to preach now. I've been messing with you a while ago, but I'm going to preach now. (laughs) It's time for us to get honest with God. You know why people got miracles in the Bible? They got honest with God. You're going to have to get honest with God. See, far too many people in this time just don't understand either that they are dirty because of sin or just how dirty they are. It's like that little old boy I heard about who hated to take a bath. He just despised soap and water. So one day his mother trying desperately to approach the subject from a more successful angle said, son, you do want to be a nice and clean little boy, don't you? Her little boy said, yes ma'am, but mama, can you just sort of dust me off? I don't want to go in that bath water. Well, our hands are dirty because of the deeds we do. Our hearts are dirty in the desires that we have and our heads dirty because of the deliberations we consider and the thoughts that pass through our mind. If you want God to forgive you, you must allow God to cleanse you. Now let me preach. Here's the difference between God and us when it comes to sin. When God sees sin, he wants to cleanse it. When we see sin, we want to cover it. It's time for you as a child of God, for you as a sinner person, for you as a friend of God, but never been associated with him any more than that. You need to say, Lord, I want you to see everything in me. I want you to cleanse everything in me. Take everything I've got out. Don't let anything be left in me. Walk in rooms that I didn't even know I had. Open doors in my spirit that I didn't even know it possessed. And cleanse me. Wash me. Make me whole. Make me clean. That's what you got to do. You don't try to cover that. You try to open up your heart and release it. In the name of the Lord. Imagine. Imagine a little boy dressed up in his Sunday clothes to go to church. And when his mother's not looking, he goes outside and rolls around in the mud. And he comes in and his mother scolds him, threatens to spank him, and he begins to cry. He says, Mama, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And the mom says, All right, get out of those clothes and go take a bath. You're forgiven. Suppose a boy just stands there the mother repeats her instruction he ignores it. Finally, he looks at his mother and says, I don't want to take a bath. I like this mud. What that little boy wants to be is forgiven, but he doesn't want to be cleansed. And when, when God forgives you, he's going to clean you up. Come on, let me preach a little bit. Lord, let me hold this back. No, 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 no. You give me that too. Lord, let me hold this. No, no, you give me that too. Because if I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to make you speak and span. You're going to look like Mr. Clean on TV 20 years ago. You're going to be clean from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. And that's what you want in your life. You want to be clean through and through in all that you have and all that you are. Say amen to that. See, a lot of people want to be forgiven because they don't want to be punished. We try to bargain with God that way. We ask God to forgive us so he won't punish us, but we want to keep the sin. You can have the forgiveness or you can have the filth, but you can't have both. What can wash away my sins? A sailor is designated at night as an officer on the deck, of the deck. It means that he is a watch, he watches late at night. He needs to stay awake for a designated period of time, usually about four hours. That's a shift to keep watch to ensure there's nothing wrong with the ship. And the officer of the deck will stand on a bridge where the ship is controlled and steered. And at night, there's no white lights allowed on the bridge because they hinder the ability to look out and see where other ships are. And the obstacles in the safety of the ship is necessary. So all the lights and flashlights have a red filter over the lens, maximizing night vision. And when these officers would receive messages or documents, they could read every one as long as it was not written in red ink or with a red felt tip pen. Because if the document was written in red, the red light would blend with the ink of the pencil and you couldn't see what was on the paper. And when we receive Jesus Christ, God puts a red filter over the lens of his own eyes. And when he looks down at our life, all of our sins are completely gone because he cannot see them through the filter of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me say something. I think every now and then on a Wednesday night, we need to give the Lord a little ovation because he's done so much for us. We need to appreciate his blood a little bit here tonight. Come on, let's clap for him right now. He don't see our sins, he sees the blood. Glory, you may be seated. Amen. Amen. By the way, I got to tell this story. It's not in my notes, but I got to tell it. Give me three minutes. When I pastored in Dallas, I used to have an old boy that was as big side of a beef. He was a big old boy, and when he he used to he used to try to run in the spirit, and he just ran in place. He never went anywhere. He never made any traction. He just ran in the in his seat because he wanted to run and do something to show that he had acknowledged God. And one night I was preaching on the subject that that blessed him, and it's it was the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus. He started doing that, and we had <laughs> we had this woman there that night. We had this woman there that night that was from a satanic center in San Francisco, California, and uh, she had come to the Oak Cliff area in Dallas to see if they could start. (laughs) This is funny, a satanic church in Oak Cliff. And she happened to come to this little Pentecostal church, 4707 LaRue Street in Dallas. We weren't even big enough to scare anybody yet. (laughs) But we had a name that was above every name. And this little fella got out, little fella, he's a big little fella, but he got out beside his, his pew and he kind of held on and he just ran a little bit. I guess that was his gym. He was just trying to get some exercise. But he loved the blood of the lamb. And, and this woman was sitting right behind him and she ran out the door. So when I saw her run out the door, I knew who she was because she had called me on the phone and said, I'm coming to see if there's any power in that church that will stop us because we have heard that you folks preach the blood of the lamb and the name of the Lord. I said, "Yes, ma'am. We preach both of them." And I made sure I preached it that night. And she said, "And we want to, to see if, 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 if it was strong enough to stop us." So she ran out the door, and this little, this little round guy started running <laughs> in place. Now he wasn't, he wasn't hurting anybody in, in place; he wasn't bothering anybody. And she went out the front door, and I went out there to get her. She was hiding behind a tree in our foyer. <laughs> As an Adam and Eve stunt, she's hiding behind a tree in our foyer. <laughs> And I said, oh, lady, where art thou? (laughs) And I went over to her and I said, what are you afraid of? She said, the very thing I thought I was going to be afraid of. She said, we're not coming here. We're not coming here. Because the name of the Lord that you preach and the power of the blood that you ministered on tonight, we can't handle that. That's a power we can't handle. And I want to tell you right now, this church is covered by the blood of the Lamb. And the enemy still can't handle it. He still can't handle it. And I'm not trying to you to get emotional, but I think you ought to thank God because we're covered by the blood of the lamb and it cleanses us from all sin. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. All right. That's that story. I'm moving on. Number three, the blood completes a supernatural purpose. It's a supernatural purpose. The last part of this verse says, The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. All sins. Now please hear this next statement. With God, a person who only is partially clean is totally dirty. I want to ask, would you let your dog in the house if he had two front muddy paws? And if everything else was clean and you had a nice white carpet, no. And God will not let anyone into his heaven unless they have been cleansed from their sins. You see, the shed blood of Jesus is not like STP. It's not an additive in your fuel. It's really not. It'll give you a heart and give you a racer's edge in life. The blood of Jesus is not something you add to your religion or add to your relation or add to your ritual or add to your righteousness to cleanse you. His blood alone cleanses from all sin. Now, if you're going to believe in a little bit, you better believe him for all of it. Because there's not a habit he can't cleanse. There's not a hang-up he can't take away. There's not a problem he can't solve. There's not a situation he can't walk in and say, you're out and I'm in. There's not an issue in your life that he can't handle in your life. Come on, let me preach to you right now. You might as well start believing in it or not believing in it at all because the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. A-double-L, all sin. So many people have the idea that salvation is on the installment plan. We go down and buy a house and make a down payment. After you make a down payment, you then begin to make monthly installments. And there are some people who have this idea that when Jesus Christ shed his blood, he made a down payment for our sins. And we make installments by going to church and keeping the 10 and being religious and paying our tithes and doing good and being on the dream team and serving Well, i got some news for you today. When Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross, he paid off the entire mortgage. Now, I could say that real hard and you'd be jumping and hollering, but let me say it real soft one more time. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he paid off the entire mortgage. The house is yours. Come on, the house is yours. Come on, the house is yours. This is your house. He purchased it with his own blood. He bought this house with his own blood. Just before Jesus breathed his last on the cross, he said in John 19, it's finished. And those three words in the English language are the one word in the Greek language that literally means it's paid in full. And I've been around people a long time in my life that don't think the cross paid it all. But I'm here to declare tonight that the cross paid it all. If it didn't, then we, we, we don't have any hope in this present life nor in the life to come. But if the cross paid it all, then we have a hope beyond this veil of tears. And it's a great hope and a glorious hope and a powerful hope. Jesus paid it all on the cross. Clap your hands for that right now. <laughs> Martin Luther was a leader of the Protestant Reformation. He had a dream. In fact, he was a man to put the 95 placards on the, on the door of the Catholic Church. The just shall live by faith. And in fact, I guess you would call it a nightmare, that dream. He didn't know what it was. But he awakened in the middle of the night, and at the end of his bed, standing at the foot of his bed, was a figure that he believed to be the devil himself. And the devil had this scroll, and on that scroll were the sins of Martin Luther. All he had committed, and the scroll was accurate, and it was true. And the devil was reading them one after another and pointing a bony finger in the face of Martin Luther and condemning him and accusing him, saying, what hope of heaven do you have as a miserable sinner? And Martin Luther said he just thought his very soul was slipping down into hell. But then the Lord spoke to Martin Luther and he said, Martin, tell the devil to unroll the scroll all the way down. I just felt something right there. And Martin Luther said, unroll the scroll. He said the devil refused. And Luther said, this time I said, in the name of Jesus, unroll the scroll. And the devil did unroll it, and there printed at the bottom of all the sins of Martin Luther had ever committed were these words written across the entire thing. This entire sin account of Martin Luther has been paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna help you clap right now. I'm going to help you clap right now. (laughs) Hallelujah. The highest holiday of the Jewish faith is Passover. They'll be celebrating it this month. It celebrates both the exodus of the people of God from Egypt and also the night when God's death angel passed through Egypt and slaughtered the firstborn of every household that did not have the blood of the lamb painted over the doorpost. God made a promise to his people that night. He said, you paint the blood of the lamb over your doorpost. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hence, we get the word Passover. Now, what if God had seen tears in that household, but no blood? Death would have come. What if God had seen remorse in that house, but no blood? Death would have come. What if God had seen faith in that house, but no blood? Death would have come. And what if God had seen religion in that household, but no blood death would have come? The point I'm making is this, folks. If there was another way to be saved and another way to be cleansed and another way to be forgiven and any other way to be accepted, then Jesus would not have died nor shed one drop of his blood. But that he did die and that he did shed his blood tells us that only his blood can cleanse us from all our sins. Randy, if you'll help me. I read a true story one time of a part of six people who began a dangerous descent. Some Swiss Alps, I'm closing. And the first man in line lost his foothold and slipped off an icy edge. and The next two men slid after him and the experienced climbers all braced themselves. Three were still holding on and three had fallen off. Braced themselves and stood firm to bear the shock when the rope lost its slack. And they thought without any question that they would simply hold and these men would be saved by the rope they were connected to. But when the rope ran its length, the cord snapped in two. And the climbers watched in horror as their friends scrambled hopelessly to stop their slide over a slick precipice. And within seconds, the three men fell, screaming to their deaths 4,000 feet below. For half an hour, the other three climbers were frozen in silence and fear and were afraid to move. Finally, they begin this slow, painstaking descent down a mountain. And hours later, they arrive safely, eager to find answers. Why had the rope broken? They were told that that true Alpine Club rope would never break. And that was true. It never had broken. And the survivors were shocked when a close examination revealed that the rope they had was not a true Alpine Club rope. It was a poor, cheap, fatal substitute how did they know it was not a true alpine club rope that the professional climbers used because the true alpine club quality rope had a red strand running through the middle of it and that's the strand that kept that rope from breaking ever and this rope did not have it I don't know what your rope of hope is I don't know what you're holding on to now and what you're counting on to make heaven and to take you to heaven. But I can tell you what my rope of hope is. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness because nothing but the blood of Jesus can save me. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can save me. The Bible said... His blood washes and cleanses and makes us whole. So this month, we're going into a month. We're going into a month of celebration, not just resurrection. We're going to celebrate the cross. The cross was not the easy part. The resurrection was the glorious part. But the cross is what made it all important and all special. In fact, there will never be a Pentecost without a cross. There will never be a Pentecost without a resurrection. And we're going to celebrate the blood of Jesus Christ this month. And we're going to clap for it. And We're going to rejoice for it. Tonight we're going to take communion about it. Because there's nothing more powerful in this world than the blood of Jesus Christ.